This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following program contains seven essential vitamins and minerals. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. And now it's time for the show that Ken Napsok is trying to formally adopt. It's Saturday Night Napsok. Hey, Saturday Nighters, we've got a show worthy of the show you paid for tonight, which is nothing. But before we get to that, I'm thrilled to welcome a new sponsor, Splash of Power Energy Drinks. That's right. We're all tired and just trying to get through the day. Whether you're stuck at the office or pretending to care on a family Zoom call or trying to finish your second nap of the day, we all need the energy to keep going. Coffee might work for some, but who has time for all that pooping, right? If you're like me, you reach for a colorful can filled with a scientifically engineered beverage-like liquid that gives you the shot in the trousers you need to keep going. But let's be real. Most of those drinks aren't honest. Just dig the empty cans out from underneath your car's passenger seat and read those labels full of false promises. Do it right now. Don't even pull over. Read them. 12-hour boost. More caffeine than a latte-loving soccer mom. It's made of things found on this planet and not recovered during the Roswell UFO crash. Hoppycock. All of them. Splash of Power Energy Drinks gives you exactly what you pay high prices for. One, it gives you a momentary jolt of energy. You'll feel like it's working when it's really not. Two, it quickly tapers off and you're left with a shaky right hand and a chest pain that can be best described as make sure you know where the local ER is. Three, it turns your urine the color of the can the drink came in. Four, you crash fast into a level lower than the one you started on. Plus, as an added bonus surprise, you're now diabetic. Splash of Power Energy Drinks have always wet your whistle and revved your engine with their classic flavor orange-like substance. But now, as part of this ad campaign, they're unveiling three new flavors to trick you into buying a can or nine. There is Key Lime Battery Acid, Black Cherry Element 115, and Radiator Fluid. So, get yourself some of the best, most tolerable energy drinks around, Splash of Power Energy Drinks. And if you order a case from their website right now, Saturday Night Knapsack listeners are getting a special offer. Yes, an offer just for you. Use the promo code SHOOTINGCOMETCAN, that's Comet with a K, and you'll get a free medical alert bracelet with your case of Splash of Power Energy Drinks. Order today, wake up tomorrow, maybe. And now... On with the show. All right, I, I want to thank everyone who supported the Mark Ellison Friends comedy show last weekend. Uh, bought tickets, bought t-shirts. 
watched it, um, shared the the link for free to your cousins. Like, I, we really appreciate that. And, and to those that, that didn't support the show, yeah, you probably made the right decision, let's be honest there. But we really had a lot of fun there. And you, you've heard on, on other shows, Afternoons with Josh Cannon and Amanda and other places, just the, uh, us talking about the heat, 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 heat. Yeah, it was hot and the AC was broken. It, it's a story to tell. And don't, don't let any of us fool you. Uh, we weren't miserable. It was miserable. Like there's no, it was absolutely terribly miserable, but it was, it was a fun story that we knew was kind of being written right in front of us. We'll be telling people that one for years. Let me tell you about the night I performed on the Viper Room stage in 142 degree heat. I, I, I wouldn't trade that for the world. So don't let us play upon your sympathies for that one there. I, what I do, I, you know, I, I do want to talk about uh, that, that uh, white jacket I wore. Um, first of all, it was, it was, a, it was a jean jacket and because it was, a, it's a cruelty free jean jacket, no jean pants were actually killed in the, the making of that jacket. It's not a leather. I saw a lot of people like posting and reacting. It was a leather jacket. I'm not a, I'm not a complete idiot. Like there's no way I could pull off a white leather jacket. I've, I've never been near a motorcycle. Like I, I, I walked by my friend's Vespa scooter once. Like that's, that's about, I, I can't. I can't do that. I used to go to air shows and I was afraid of parked F-16s. Like there's no, I'm not going to be in a leather jacket, but it was a white jean jacket. And I, I actually am really proud of it. I really liked it. I've actually had that for maybe seven months. I think I bought it in 2019 because what I uh, knew was going to happen. Eventually I I was going to be part of the Schmodown free for all. What? Ken's talking about Schmodown? Only for money. But here's the thing. Yeah, I was secret, big secret. I was going to be in the event. It was going to be a surprise entrance. I'm retired. I'm not going to do this. And I was going to come out. So I wanted to make a splash. So, you know, I've been wearing the jean jackets lately, like it was uh, 1988 again. I had a jean jacket in 1988 that I thought was the best. If I wore it now, I'd be laughed out of the country. But somehow now jean jackets are stylish again, and I love it. I actually have embraced it fully. I love the look, love the feel, love the versatility of the jacket. I, uh, You know, if, as if I'm auditioning for the Home Shopping Network. Do you all remember the Home Shopping Network? That was a lot of fun watching people lie to your grandmothers as, as she just kept dialing the phone to order uh, some more uh, plastic things that were like a priceless metal. Anyways, um, I, I, I love, I love the look. I love the look. And so I am a pretty conservative dresser uh, over the course of my life. Even when, when I was doing the suits, you know, I'd, I love a good tie and shirt combo, but I always looked like I was two steps away from trying to get you in that Pinto, you know, and that's okay. And, and the pit boss thing, that nickname that I never wanted, but ended up uh, sticking in. And I, in the end, am thankful for that. Um, uh, you know, it made, it made it seem cooler than I was, but really I was walking around in like pay less dress for less kind of shoes. Cause uh, you know, you're walking around a mall all day. You, you, you know, I can't pay for $250, like Italian, uh, leather with a, you know, mattress level insole on it. I had to, uh, 20 bucks, put them on my feet. They're not falling off. No shoelaces, even better. Cause I want to come home and take off this yoke as fast as I can. So, you know, I, I'd never been a flashy dresser. I've always wanted to be though. And there's a part of, I'm not, I don't have style. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't have any of that, uh, but I've always wanted it. I don't, I, you know, and, and I've always, you know, cause I was a Beatles fan. I think a lot of it came out of, of being a Beatles fan, like every other unoriginal white kid in America. I, I just love the Beatles and I love their stuff. And I used to be able to track the Beatles hairstyles 
and not just the mop top stuff, like the facial hair. I'd be like, oh, this is a McCartney summer of uh, 1970 beard. That's a Lennon of 69 beard. Oh, that's a George Harrison fall 71 beard going on right there. That's how much I loved. And I just loved some of the crazy rock star kind of stuff they would do. And I, there was a time, there was always in rock radio, as you guys have heard me say to the point where you're sick of it. Um, I had, I, there was a Collider employee that one time said that. I know I mentioned it a lot. We all have those things that you mention a lot. Like there, I, there was that one time you were in a Van Halen cover band. We know dad. Thank you, old handsaw, whatever. But you know, like there's that kind of stuff. I say, I, you know, I'm, a, I'm an old rock radio DJ because I love to live in the past. There was someone at Collider. It was more of an off-air person. One time, they just I caught them making fun of me doing that, and I and you know what? I I took the note. I I wasn't offended. I took the note. I was like, you're right. I got to stop saying that because uh, part of the reason I was saying it because I was one of the only people there to actually know what to do on a microphone, but they wouldn't put me on a lot of the shows. But so I uh, then I, I've, back in back in my rock radio days. I really, you know, had this idea of just I wanted to be kind of not like Howard Stern. Howard Stern at times was a little crazy over the top uh, when he made public appearances in, in the 80s and into the 90s. I know now he's just like this kind of quiet father. But uh, back then, a little different. And it was part of it. You know, rock radio it was a morning show DJ type of thing. So I tried one time. And back then, I was just, it was a jeans and t-shirt guy. You know, I was a little preppy at latter part of high school. Sixth grade, I wore a lot of town and country surf and skate shirts, which I did neither of them. Uh, so is it neither or neither? Whatever. Uh, then, uh, you know, so that was like, I, I, would, I would alternate between trying to be preppy and trying to just clearly not care. So... As a radio DJ, that's part of the appeal is to pretty much show up to work in sweatpants, which I did many times. I did I did many overnight shifts uh, in slippers, which ironically I did too in security. But um, we had a Christmas party. Every year our radio station had a big Christmas party. Fans were supposed to come out, and, and it was pretty cool. And uh, I was really excited about the one because this is, this is like at the peak of my radio career, which is also the peak of my life, which is why I keep mentioning it. I got recognized one time when I was taking my 1991 Plymouth Colt in for repairs and the guy from the parts department came out and said, hey, I'm Parts Paul. I call into your show. I'll give you 20% off this uh, radiator. And that's the first real-time credit card debt hit me and I'm still probably still paying off that purchase. It was in 1995. But, um, you know, it was like a peak at me feeling like my career had started and the little nerd kid from high school is finally getting uh, some uh, attention in the town he grew up in, and, you know, it felt good. So we had a Christmas party at this place called Slow Brew in San Luis Obispo. I'm not sure if it's there or not. It's one of those things that, like, changed ownership 49 times but still remained the same thing, a boring bar and grill. But but uh, bands would come through and everything. It was a cool spot, really good onion rings, which says a lot about me that I can remember restaurants based on what kind of onion rings they had. So uh, I I was not dating, but I was friends trying to be more with the night DJ there. She was she was cool, cool kind of punk rocker chick. And it was the first example in my life of me in over my head and swinging for the fences, but somehow occasionally would work. It's still going on now. Um, so we were going to go to the party together and it was maybe one of the first times that all the staff members and perhaps even the fans were going to see that we hang outside out uh, outside of the radio station. The most of the time it was just me 
coming back at night during her night shift. Uh, she was like six to midnight, the rock and roll shift. And we just hang out and it would be completely platonic. And I would consider that a romance, which is guys don't do that anymore. Just don't just let the, let the women have their lives without you. Uh, so we were going, and I was kind of excited. I wanted, I wanted to make a splash. It was a company Christmas party with fans and we had a band. We were my favorite band of that era, other than Oasis and the Beatles and everything was a band called Semisonic uh, out of Minnesota. Dan Wilson, lead singer, lead songwriter, Jacob uh, Schlichter on drugs. Uh, uh, Jake Munson, I believe his name on bass. It's been a while. Talented man. Everyone remembers him from Closing Time, they, which, by the way, is a great song. That's why it's so popular. But they are a brilliant band, a brilliant band. Their first album, uh, A Great Divide, is a Beatlesque Abbey Road kind of album. Loved, loved this band. And and they were, we knew their A&R guy would call our program director because he loved the band too. And he's like, look, it's not, do- the label might drop them. They're not, they're not doing well. And this is before Closing Time came out. Um, and so we're like, well, let's book them on our Christmas show. So we did, and I was excited. Well, they couldn't make it. So then we got this other band called The Hazies. Had this great song, Skin and Bones. Loved them. Great, great band. Uh, I don't really know what happened to them. Uh, they came on out. And it was going to be the big, the big Christmas show. So I wanted to make a splash. So I went to a local thrift store, because if you're going to find some cool clothes to wear, might as well go to the, the clothes that were pretty much tossed in the garbage. And so I found a cool pair, not quite leather pants. I don't know what they were. They, I probably shouldn't have been in them. But they were a little bell-bottomy, but they were slick black rock and roll, little black crows, not quite hippie, but mostly disco. And they didn't, they fit okay, you know. And I've got, I've got some junk in the trunk. And literally in my car, it's full of just, it's like a second storage shed. But also my body. So then uh, I bought the pants. And then I was like, what do I wear with those pants? What do I wear with those pants? I want to be cool. I want to be cool. Well, I ended up, you know, I had uh, uh, got, a, got my hands on a, a Navy uh, uniform, like a top. And it was uh, the ship. Gosh, I can't remember the name. But it was like my dad, one of my dad's ships that he was on. I think it was like USS Fanning or something like that. Don't quote me on that. Don't look it up. And I had discovered it. I think it was at this, this thrift shop. Memories... The memories are fading because I'm still embarrassed about what happened. But I didn't, my dad didn't hand me down. He didn't have it. And I just, found, I found it. And he goes, that, I'm like, how did you find that? That is, that is my, that was, I was on that ship. So it was like, cool, it meant something. Now I wasn't in the military. I'm not trying to go for, uh, you know, stolen valor or anything. It just was like, I felt like I was Lenin in 71 wearing like a military jacket on stage. And so I, I put it on. So I had this little outfit. It looked like I was a Navy uh, like a seaman, uh, giggity, on break in San Diego during the summer of 75. And uh, my hair, I, I actually had hair back then. The beard was a McCartney 70, uh, spring of 70 when the Beatles broke up beard. And uh, I think I was out of the glasses, but I did just freshly out of into contacts. So I had Lennon, circular Lennon sunglasses, not, not glasses, not specs, but like sunglasses. Imagine that, if you will. Yeah, I know. I'm pretty cool. So, so what, what ends up happening is, is, uh, I meet it, meet, meet my friend and, uh, drive over in my Plymouth Colt. Cause 
I'm cool. And I had to park in downtown Slow. And back then, now there's like three or four parking structures in downtown San Luis Obispo. Back then there was like one. And I went there. There was two. There was one up on Palm Street. You guys don't need to know that. And I went to the farther away one because I'm a creature of bad habit. And we walked, me and me and my friend walked down to Slow Brew. And I'm walking in the city. And I felt so awkward. I felt like everyone in that city was like, why is this guy, is this like back to the future five? Like he's back in time. He's not sure what the style of the time, like what's going on. Um, is like, he's like, he wasn't born of uh, born on the 4th of July. He was born on the 3rd of July and he didn't even look that cool. It just, it, it felt weird. So we get to the party. Everyone's trying not to laugh at me. And, and I think looking back, I think it was more fine than I realized, but I immediately felt stupid. I immediately was like, I should have just wore my blue jeans, uh, like a Star Wars T-shirt. I didn't have a lot of Star Wars T-shirts back then. A Gin Blossoms T-shirt and just called it a day. Maybe wore a nice members-only jacket, which would have been uncool. Now that's cool. Now people were like, oh, cool, retro members-only. Then I w- would have been asked to leave the city. So uh, I go there I, I, and, and we sit down. And she, I think, was embarrassed for me and for her. And... That was supposed to be our, we, hey, everyone here, she's considering maybe dating me. That was going to be the the theme of the party uh, for us. By the end of the evening, she, like, kind of told me, hey, I'm seeing this guy, Bert, and maybe we cool it. Um, almost almost 100% true story. Uh, so <laughs> so um, I, I've got through the night. The Hazies were there, and the Hazies played their... Played their songs, uh, great songs, Skin and Bones, Look Them Up, Hazy's great single. I Saw You Crying Like a Child. Uh, love that song. I might put it on KZOC Radio if I haven't already. And uh, they, sat, they sat around me, and they, they talked to me. This rock and roll band was, was cool. And the, and the guitarist, his name was Dave. I, can't, I have to look up his name. It's been a year, few years. But he was really cool, and he was asking me what I, what I do. You know, he's a, oh, the DJ, oh, is that you, what you love? And I was like, I kind of want to move to L.A. and do comedy and writing. He was like, oh, God, that's cool. I've done this thing. And we had a great conversation. I'm convinced to this day that the band looked around the room and was like, we feel sorry for this guy because we know what he's trying to do. He's trying to be like, look like he's, it looks like he's trying to attend the MTV Video Music Awards, but he's stuck in a town that has three channels. So, which is kind of true. So I, I feel good about that. I feel good at that. But I thought I got through the night. I was like, all right, that was really uncomfortable. Drove home. My friend went back to her house. I went back to my parents' house where, where I could just, you know, stare at the ceiling, hoping that one day I'd, um, you know, escape that hell. And I thought it was all fine. I thought it was all good. And I was like, maybe I can try that again. Maybe I can tweak the outfit. I want to be Lennon. In 68 Cool, I want to be Townsend on stage, Daltrey on stage. I think I can do I think I can find some kind of style. About a month later, someone called on the radio station to request a song. And they were like, oh, God, hey, hey, how you doing, man? Um, oh, post- Oh, I forgot this part of the story. I'm bad at storytelling. Um, no fans showed up to the Christmas party. It was almost no tickets sold. And the Hazies, who had left their families to live this rock and roll lifestyle on, like, Christmas Eve, played to a radio station staff and, like, two fans. So I didn't even get to show off to the fans. But anyways, someone called into the radio station to request a song. And like, hey, dude, is this Ken? Yeah, okay. I was, uh, I was walking around downtown San Luis uh, in December. I totally saw you in pajamas, man. That was... That was awesome. 
And I realized that's what he thought I was wearing. I realize now, I think that's what everyone thought I was wearing. So from that night in about 1996, I believe, to now, I've tried really hard to dress like no one can pay attention to me. Like, I want to wear the type of clothes that people will forget I'm wearing and forget me two seconds after talking to me. But at the, at the Viper Room on stage, I felt tonight was going to be different. We're going to do something different. So I wore that white jacket with my, my Star Wars print uh, Converse-like shoes, um, a, a thinner, skinnier cut of jean, and a, a T-shirt of uh, my own design. Well, Thomas Rizzling designed it, but uh, it's my own words. Life is a work. A cool rock and roll, like cynical statement. And I wore it, and everyone made jokes about it all night, but I still felt like it was okay. And I think I survived it. And I think whether or not you listening saw that outfit and thought, well, this middle-aged high school English teacher is trying to pull off something he can't. Whether you thought that or thought, nice jacket. Ken in 1996 is looking at that clip, looking at those pictures, and he's thinking, we turned out okay. And that, my friends, is the moral of the story. Also, Onion rings are underrated. All right, on with the show. And now it's time for a quick check of the weather here on SNN. I'm Rain McLeod, and this is your SNN Weather Report. Quick check of the East Coast and the Central States everyone makes fun of despite never taking the time to get to know those people as individuals and not a stereotype. All looks clear. There does not seem to be any acts of God or signs that one of the seven seals have broken, setting the stage for the four horsemen of the apocalypse to return and show up on our radar screens yet. But keep some extra water, food, and batteries on hand just in case. All the problems seem to be over on the West Coast where Satan has seemingly revealed himself to not just be real, but to be really, really pissed off about something. Record-setting wildfires continue to scorch the earth and affect the lives of many. So make sure you keep taking bad cell phone photos while you can of the red sun and make some joke about how it sucks you can't swim in your pool today because you have to go help two hobbits take the ring back to Mordor. That is really going to comfort every one of those people that lost their houses and property once they can log back on to the information superhighway. Humor heals is what I always say. If you have to go out and travel today, make sure it's for something really, really trivial and pointless. No need to wait a few days when you can clog the streets and dump more exhaust into the sky during this critical time. So uh, don't worry. Things are going to clear up later in the week. And a few days after that, everyone will forget that three entire states were covered in a shadowy red haze that was literally predicted in every sci-fi movie from 1974 to 2017. As always, wear sunscreen. I'm Rain McLeod, and that was your SNN Weather Report. Hi, 
I'm Ken Napsok, star of such Reddit threads as This shill must get screwed by Mickey Mouse every day. And is that a wig on that Star Wars shill? And I'm here to talk to you about something sensitive and important. Something that doesn't get addressed enough. Have you experienced the awkwardness, shame, and nauseating self-doubt that comes with having a sex dream about someone you know and don't know how to deal with it? Are you not sure what to say the next time you see them at work? Or order coffee from them the next morning? Or run into them at the next family reunion? Have you woken up feeling icky yet intrigued? Are you no longer sure of anything in your life anymore because a coworker emailed you to ask if you have the latest sales reports and your subconscious mind translated that into, let's film a porno with them in our dreams? Well, I'm here to let you know that you are not alone. Thousands of people all across the world every day wake up having just experienced a subconscious level sex dream about someone they have never actively had a sexual thought about before. In fact, in many documented cases, they've actively gone out of their way to not have a sexual thought about them previously. Instead of suffering in silence, shaking in the shower, and deleting your Instagram account so you don't have to see the photos they post, I'm here to let you know that help and support is just a phone call away. Pick up your phone after you delete Twitter and call 1-800-555. What the hell was that? Counselors are standing by 24 hours a day to provide you the comfort and understanding you need to get through this. No one should have to switch jobs or leave this state just because their brain tried every sexual position in the known world with that guy you ran into at the lobby of a Cracker Barrel or the woman that gave you the free samples of bacon-wrapped bacon cheese at the grocery store. No one should have to blush for no reason the next time you're out with your friends and the girlfriend of one of your best friends shows up in the same dress she had on in your dream. Call 1-800-555-WHAT-THE-HELL-WAS-THAT TODAY to wash away the shame of last night. Thanks for listening. The preceding message was brought to you by Saturday Night Napsock, Maxim Magazine, and your friends at the Ad Council. Missing right here, Hall of Fame Music Radio. It's here because we play a better variety of hits from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and more. You never know. We'll pop up here if it's a great hit. We love to play. We also love to take requests. This one coming to us at the HOFM Radio at gmail.com request line. It's from our friend Tommy Terry Green over there in the UK listening live via the TuneIn Radio app. I think we're having coffee. He's having a pint, but it's all the same to us. And he wants to request a rock and roll lullaby because he and his pals been working hard on a new project called The Companion and it's finally launched and done and they want to rest and celebrate. So I said, I got the song for you, Tommy. It is BJ Thomas and a rock and roll lullaby. Congratulations to Tommy and his friends at The Companion here at Hall of Fame Music Radio. Well, hello there. This is Lauren Romo, one of the co-hosts of the Gale Like the Podcast. We are two gals that just talk anything and everything within that galaxy far, far away. Come join us for the Star Wars discussions. Stay for that silliness. You can find us on Apple Pod, Spotify, Google Play, and Podbean. Follow us on Twitter at The Galactic Pod. And as always, may that force be with you.
episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Hey everyone, my name's Tommy Terry Green and I wanted to let you know about a podcast I produce called On The Ward. Each episode in this six-part miniseries goes behind the scenes of a secure forensic psychiatric hospital featuring interviews with the staff that work there every day and most importantly, with the patients who are currently under section, which means they are legally detained for the safety of themselves and others. You can find all six episodes of season one on Apple Podcasts and Spotify right now. Just search on the ward. Thank you. team, I'm Grace Hancock, and I wanted to let you know that I'm adding new designs to my Society6 shop with several on their way. If you didn't know, you can go to society6.com slash Mrs. Graceface and shop prints of my original artwork, as well as tons of other items like stationery, notebooks, mugs, throw pillows. It's a great place to shop for gifts or just for yourself, especially in my shop if you like witchy expressionism. So head to society6.com slash Mrs. Graceface and check it out. Swinging medallions, double shot of my baby's love. Hey, even with that, moderation is key, all right? Especially last night was Friday night. I know what a lot of you did. You're listening right now with a little bit of a hangover because you had a triple shot of your baby's love. Just calm it down. Pace yourself. Pace yourself. Hey, we had a request earlier that usually starts a trend. We have a request that came into the Hall of Fame line at 781-334-8609. Christy McGee listening live, and she's looking forward to the fall, to Halloween, because she says, yeah, I've had a bad week, but I look to that great holiday and that great season, and it makes me feel brand new. This one's for you, Christy, from your friends at Hall of Fame Music Radio. Here's another true fact about your host, Ken Napsuck. He once worked security for a mall concert by the pop star Pink. Her tour manager yelled at Ken and his team and said, We're not paying you to look at Pink. You look at the ground when she walks by. Well, guess what? Ken snuck a look at Pink. And now, on with the show. Hey, we want to take this moment to wish a happy birthday to one of our real faithful listeners and a Patreon supporter, Sarah Risley of the Central Coast Film Society. Uh, she uh, had a birthday this past week and is always uh, in our Discord server connected to the uh, Napsuck Files Saturday Night Napsuck uh, uh, Patreon page. Uh, you can uh, list your birthday, and if you're there, hey, we'll shout you out and say happy birthday. It's, it's literally what I'm doing right now. It's so fun. So, anyways, Sarah, happy birthday to you. We appreciate all your support, uh, your wonderful calls into the show and station here, and hope you had plenty of cake. All right, there you go. God, Petey, that was stupid. Petey, do you got, like, write the copy down. I have to make this up? I, I'm not paid enough to make this up. Like, I'm I'm, uh, I'm out here with my wing-wang flapping in the breeze, man. Like, just, uh, you know, happy birthday, eat ca- cake. You, like, do we give these people anything? Uh, You, you mean like a gift card? You, you, you never said you wanted to do that. So, so no, what you're telling me is is no. Why, why don't we do this? Uh, Well, uh, I mean, when you hired me, you... uh. You gave me a pretty tight, pretty tight budget, if, if, if you remember. 
okay, work it into the budget. Well, well, the the last time we tried to uh, take away from the uh, Subway sandwich budget, you um, you fired my assistant. Well, he was an asshole that didn't know the value of good meat. I did what I had to do. Yeah, um, yeah, you fu- you fired him on his on his birthday. Um, do you so uh, do you want me to give the listeners a a, a gift like a gift card? I'm unsure on that. Oh, you're not. Oh, you're not. You're not sure of that. You're the producer of the goddamn show, Petey. Get it together. I'll fire you. When's your birthday? I'm firing you on your birthday. Son of a bitch. All right, let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody, this is Dutch Allen here, and you've got Go Picture here on a Saturday Night Napsuck there. You can always catch me on old episodes of Inside Tinseltown until uh, Kenny Napsuck allows me to have uh, full reign again with a full show. This is what you got. I'm here with my producer, Petey. Who look, you look a little shaken, Petey. Is everything okay? You came into the studio a little uh, flummoxed. All right, well, he doesn't want to talk there. All right, Dutch Allen here. I'm a former Hollywood producer, a big shot, kids. I used to tell everyone, you've got go picture. Uh, Now I'm telling you what to watch. That's right. Did you hear my stomach? Uh, My stomach just made a noise, Petey. I'll tell you what I did. I went over to a uh, hamburger stand, a kind of like a hot dog kind of hamburger stand where they have breakfast burritos there. And I'm not supposed to. My doctor specifically said seven years ago, no breakfast burritos, Dutch. But you, uh, a tortilla, eggs, bacon, and whatever the hell you want in there, that's something I can't turn down there. It's like a, it's like me with redheads in the 70s. It was just one of those things. There, there was, a, there was a great decade. So I had a breakfast burrito today. So this show might be a little shorter than normal. If you know what I mean, keep the pathways clear to the break room bathroom. All right, there, Petey. Uh, thanks for that, there, Petey. You you don't look good, Petey. I, I hope you're okay. Anyways, we do a recommendation uh, of a movie that uh, old Dutch thinks you you should watch. It's like you're giving yourself go picture of your home entertainment there, and we're suggesting a great picture today, Casablanca. That's a classic, right? It's an absolute classic of a film. I absolutely love this film. Uh, they teach classes on this film. Robert McKee, the late great story teacher and, and instructor, uh, he used to teach like six-hour classes on Casablanca as far as like screenwriting structure and the structure of telling a story there. Uh, this this is a picture uh, that uh, I, I studied when I got into the business there when I was working my way up in the mail rooms. Uh, I did some time at Warner Brothers uh, in uh, Burbank there and um, in the late 40s there when I was a youngster starting out. And this was this was uh, done, shot uh, in the Burbank Warner Brothers studios there and, and in 42, which is crazy. You know, and, and, and the Van Nuys Airport there, which is quite frankly just a kind of a trash dump there. They shot that uh, some of the stuff there at the end there. Michael Kuritz uh, d- directed it. Uh, Hal B. Wallace uh, was the producer there, and I studied him there. Uh, Julius and Philip, uh, Ju- Julius J. Epstein, Philip uh, G. Epstein uh, wrote it, as did Howard Koch, who I knew Howard Koch. I had a lot of good meetings with Howard Koch. Uh, he liked a true story, like breakfast burritos. Of course, uh, Bergman and Bogart uh, all over this uh, picture. This is there. Peter Laurie's in there, too. Peter Laurie and I used to go down. Uh, there was a, a bar in Burbank that specialized uh, in uh, karaoke there. 
And we'd go there after uh, a hard day's work. We'd belt some tunes up. Peter Lorre could sing. Uh, uh, great show tunes there. And I would always uh, sing, uh, which is song, Me and My Shadow, which was, I was going through a depressive phase. Anyways, that's not, not what this is about here. What, I, what I'm fascinated about this, I, I bring up that, that McKee, McKee taught those classes on, on Casablanca there, which was just, it, 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 you know, it, it, here, here he is, he's doing these screenwriting seminars, which quite frankly are bunk, uh, but he, he, he knew stuff, the story and the structure. That, you know, when I was putting together a picture, we, you'd want to have a plan. A good producer has a plan in place for a movie or a series of movies. That's what you want, or at least that's what you think. It doesn't always work out that way. Casablanca was shot in order. You know what I mean? That's not always the case. Usually the first shot of the picture might be the last shot of the movie, or, uh, you know, vice versa, all the way in between. It's a schedule, star schedules, budgets, locations. But Casablanca, a lot of people don't know this, was shot in order. It's very rare that that happens. And the reason they, they shot this, and this is uh, a quote from screenwriter Howard Koch. He said, uh, you know, when we began... Shooting the picture, and I'm adding that part in, but he said, when we began, we didn't have an ending. So we didn't know what was going to happen. The movie was being written as it was filmed. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. For them to put up that kind of art because the actors and the writers and the directors found what was going on and they made some choices along the way to find a, a, a better story, to tell their story, to connect their characters. The decision, to get this here, the decision uh, uh, that uh, of Rick uh, uh, would not ending up with Elsa wasn't settled into the final days of shooting. When she goes off the what Victor Laszlo or whatever it is. And that last line, uh, Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship, wasn't finalized until even later. It was dubbed during editing because the scene was filmed. The scene was in the can. And that... The mo that's, that's one of the most iconic lines. I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship, which is uh, what I said to breakfast burritos in, in the mid-'80s, and, and look where it got me. That line um, was not even on the set. It was fixed later in ADR. That blows my mind there. But this movie, which is studied for structure, studied for story, studied for character work, it's an all-time classic for a reason, and it's a beautiful picture. If you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor. It was being made up as it was shot. It was being put together as it was shot. And the actors did not know the true story of where their characters were going to go. They didn't know who, who was going to end up with who. And I love that ending. It's one of the best endings. And it moves me every time. And they didn't even have it done. They didn't know what it was going to be. In fact, after it was shot, they had that famous line. That, that blows my mind, Petey. I love that stuff about Hollywood. It just shows you that the, the behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, which is, is fascinating to me, it's fascinating, doesn't always mean uh, anything. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't factor into the final product. The final product is what you connect with and what moves you. And I love that there. I met Humphrey Bogart once. I'll tell you what there. I'll tell you. I, I went, I met Humphrey Bogart once. We, uh, I was leaving the smokehouse. And you know I've got stories of the smokehouse there. And it's across from Warner Brothers. But this actually wasn't the case there. I, on the way home, passed, uh, was uh, driving up Magnolia Boulevard. There's a, there's a grocery store there, a mart. Back in the day, we called the marts. I'm going to the mart to pick up a, a wine and a ham. And uh, that's what I did. And I was there. And Bogart was there. And not a lot of people not a lot of people were picking up. This is, uh, this is uh, you know, a little bit later, obviously. Uh, you know, Bogart uh, left us in, what, about 57? 
This is uh, probably early 50s. I'm a young kid and trying to work my way up in Hollywood there. And I saw him there. Here I am trying to pick up a wine and a ham, and, and he's doing the same thing. And I thought to myself, Bogart's like me, except for he's not. So I go up to him and I say, uh, I, I notice no one's uh, talking to him there. And maybe they're giving him his space. That's fine. And I, I go up and I say, Mr. Bogart. And he turns to me and he says, not today, kid. Not today. I know who I am. I know what I mean to you. And none of that changes. But today, I'm just a man who wants a ham. And I realized right there, that's all of us. He inspired me. He inspired me in the movie Casablanca. He inspired me at that month on Magnolia Boulevard in Burbank, California. All right. That's the recommendation. Casablanca, go picture, my friends. Go picture. That's it. Me and your friends. Uh, oh, you, my friends. I'm your friend. You're my friend, Petey. We're going to talk after the show. We'll see you next time here on Go Picture. Petey, really, seriously, are you okay? That jerk yell at you again? I tell you what, I'm going to pop him one day. One day I'm just going to pop him across the face. Let's go get a drink and a ham. Oh, I get what he was doing. for the list. Today, we've got the best ways to work out over 40. Number three. Buy a set of fancy workout gear in a home gym with your credit card and then burn calories from the stress of paying the bills. Number two. Wake up early, stretch carefully, and walk briskly to the coffee shop and then run back to your bathroom. Number one. And the best way to work out over 40. Crawl back to bed. Clink, clink. And that's the list. Chicago, does anybody really know about time? During a pandemic lockdown situation, I've learned that time has no meaning. It's already September. It feels like March 28th to me. That's just the way it is. Hey, this next song I'm sending out, I'm dedicating it to the memory of the now unfortunately late Dame Diana Rigg, passed away this week at 82. Man, a lot of uh, generations of fans uh, loved her work uh, from her work in the 60s, her work in the Bond films. Uh, I first was exposed to her in the great Muppet caper in the early 80s, but many, many people got reintroduced to her with the great Game of Thrones show and her role as uh, uh, Elena Tyrell, the Queen of Thorns. We'll see it down the line, Diana Rigg. This one is for you from your friends at Hall of Fame Music Radio. And now it's time for a check of traffic with the SNN Traffic Report. Yeah, Ken, this is Bert Burton, and this is your SNN Traffic Report, brought to you by Pistol Pete's Bail Bonds. Cotton a jam, they'll get you back on the lam. Looking out at the traffic now, my probation officer is trailing our traffic helicopter from the ground level right now at a very slow pace. So use the number two and three lanes to pass them if you're leaving work. If you're heading to a local movie theater to meet the personal trainer I hired for you as an anniversary present, just know that the parking lot is full, and if the Chevy Tahoe that still has my name on the registration comes back with a ding, I'm taking it out of your alimony. 
County. Now that I know what that word means. Quick check of the mountain and canyon roads. Looks like someone with a Vespa scooter is trying to recreate a romantic scene from an Audrey Hepburn movie, and that has traffic backed up for miles. Uh, they just passed another turnout without pulling over, so the screaming you hear is a retiree stuck behind them just trying to get home and live out the rest of their days in aloof silence. There's a big accident on the way toward downtown. Looks like a boomer and Gen Zer ran into each other while trying to invalidate each other's perspectives and experiences. And now they're arguing over how to exchange the information. Millennials are trying to assert themselves in the situation, not realizing that they are no different than the boomer to the Gen Zer. Meanwhile, all of Generation X is just trying to avoid the area so they can get home to play the video games that they used to be good at 20 years ago. And finally, honey, I made a huge mistake. Please take me back. I'm tired of sleeping in a Motel 6. I'm Burt Burton, and that was your SNN Traffic, brought to you by Pistol Pete's Bail Bonds. Just mention my name at the door and see if Pete will give you back my sunglasses. Back to you, Ken. And here is another weekly commentary from Mort Rooney. Have you ever thought that we humans don't deserve to be here and the Earth is just trying to give us a polite hint to leave the party early? I'm not saying I'm celebrating loss of life, destruction of property, or the cancellation of keeping up with the Kardashians. I'm just saying we had a decent shot to make this work and it looks like time is up. Never was this more clear than this past week when a massive, devastating wildfire was begun by a gender reveal party gone wrong. And keep in mind, this isn't the first time this has happened, and it probably won't be the last. Kind of like when we all thought Kim, Courtney, and Chloe were it, and then suddenly we had to deal with Kylie and Kendall. Now, I know a lot of you might be expecting your old pal Mort Rooney to take a swipe at the concept of gender reveal parties. First off, I'm not your pal. We don't know each other, and if we did, I guarantee we would be the type of friends that meet for lunch, have a good conversation, and say, let's do it again, and never speak again until we awkwardly run into each other at a farmer's market years later. We'd be the type of friends that would regret needing to buy fresh radishes at that very moment. That's our relationship. No, no, to each their own, I say. If you want to celebrate the plumbing of your child at birth, then so be it. When my wife and I found out the gender of our first child, I went out for a drink at the local watering spot and didn't come home for three months. It was a different time. The problem I have with it is, what kind of selfish monster wants to turn their private party into a public fireworks display on par with the Disneyland Main Street Parade? grand finale. That's a level of pomposity normally reserved for a dictator trying to convince you that his recent tainted election was for the people by the people. It's hubris, kind of like when a fork convinces you that it can hold that big bite of cake you're planning to stuff down your gullet, and then you have to spend the rest of your workday hiding the chocolate cake stain on your white work shirt like some sort of dog hiding under the table because it just defecated on the rug. By the way, if aliens are real, they'll definitely think dogs are the leaders of this planet because they're the ones pooping where they want and we're the ones cleaning it up. Also, while we're off the beaten path of this conversation, is there a greater hell than forced group birthday parties at work? Who wants to celebrate their birthday with a pre-made grocery store cake that spent the morning sitting out on the break room counter while the guy from accounts receivable tells everyone about his weekend plans to clean out his garage? If someone says yes to that, arrest them now. They're a serial killer picking out their next victims. 
Anyway, my point is, we humans were given the most unique, beautiful thing in the known galaxy, this planet, and almost from the start, we've said, meh, do you have anything bigger? We've collectively spent most of existence destroying ourselves just because we want to prove how important we think we are. I'm having a boy. Great. Now the fires of hell are literally raining down on us. Good job. Some people don't think God exists, but I think there is a God. And after about the first 100 years or so, this supreme being looked down on mankind and said, you're on your own. I'll be at the beach hanging out with the dinosaurs and disco. Two things that had their day in the sun for too short a time. Look, I'm not saying that life isn't worth living, that beauty can't be found on this planet. I'm just saying that when you find it, someone has already put up a sign that says, I was here first. And that, like trying to bundle your phone bill with your cable bill, is the problem. Unbelievable. Think about that. That was Mort Rooney. More later. All right, that is the show, the 30th edition of Saturday Night Knapsack is here and gone. That's right. I want to thank everyone who supports me on Patreon, especially my executive producers, uh, Thomas Risley, Lethal Logan X, Matt Thompson, Nathan Ovendale, Ty Schellenberger, Chad Benefield, Tommy Terry Green. Check out the companion app on Twitter, everybody. Tommy's been working hard on that with a great team. Jonas Bergen, Old Handsaw, Zach Taylor, Ranger Donald, and Fair Smooth Anna uh, on the team as well. Uh, thank you again to everyone who supports me uh, at patreon.com slash Ken Napsaw. Visit that uh, place there if you want to uh, find a tier that best suits your supporting desire needs. Special thanks to Patreon supporter Matt Thompson for this week's pre-roll. Keep them coming, Matty. And the great Christy McGee for the Morning Drive Media Station identification. I think she's got a career uh, doing those kind of ID drops for other shows, if you ask me. And a big thanks to associate producer Sean Arnold for his help with a lot of things, especially the radio clips. Sean, I tell you what, take a vacation soon and we'll uh, we'll let you rest. Uh, listen to me on Hall of Fame Music Radio in Newcastle and now Huntington, Pennsylvania. Spelled hunting dawn, but I looked up news clips. It's, it's, they, they say it Huntington. Uh, confusing. But uh, two radio stations now, but the same show. Uh, have a lot of fun uh, doing it. Uh, you can listen anywhere, though, through their website at hofmradio.com. I'm on every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. up to 12 noon. Visit catnapsuck.com for more information and follow uh, me on Twitter at catnapsuck and Morning Drive Media at mdrivemedia. Recently did some fun interviews outside my normal shows, uh, so check out uh, uh, the uh, Galactic Podcast. Lauren Romo and her cousin Andrea have a great, fun little show, and I got to stop by and talk a lot of, about a lot of things. Uh, yes, it's uh, mostly Star Wars, but... Star Wars always uh, bleeds over into real-life conversations. Check that out there. And I recently appeared on uh, Kent Salas' Blue Milk Latte Show. Check that one out as well. A lot of fun. Uh, so uh, that is it for this week. And if you, uh, you know, if you feel it, if you feel the need, I'm not, I'm not forcing anybody, but if you feel the need, tell a friend about Saturday Night Maps on. Thanks a lot. We'll see you next time, my friends. Bye. Ah, see, look at that. He grows up and he grows up and he grows up. He's finally telling people to support his show. Love it. All right, let's get that drink. Mm-hmm.